What's up, whole world? Welcome to Storytime with Cedric. On tonight's episode, I tell a story about the time one of my old-ass army NCOs wanted to go to the club with me and my roommate and the shenanigans that ensued. And also, I tell a story about how me and my wife dealt with a school bully. My son's five years old, and we're dealing with school bullies already. And then also, we talk about um, you know, just my adventures with my uh, new jiu-jitsu class that I've been taking. And then also, in my final story, we'll talk about the time when my mom said, fuck, you don't need a doctor, I'll do it. And so I gave her a butter knife and a pair of scissors, and she got busy. So thanks for listening to my story. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the stories. And uh, let's go forward. Let's move forward. Let's move it. Let's make it happen. God bless. Good night. Oh, and... I'm drinking Flavior tonight, so I'm a little tipsy. Hope you enjoy the stories. Enjoy. What's up, whole world? Welcome to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 63. So, this story takes place. We're going back with this one. This one takes place at like 1997, 98, something like that. I was a young PFC in the United States Army Station in Hanau, Germany. So shout out to all my family and friends back in Hanau, Germany. Um, when I was in my 20s, I was out and about a lot, hitting the clubs and shit. But that's what you do at that age. You hit the clubs a lot. I was in the clubs like five days a week. Tuesday through Saturday night, I was in some my club. Many, you know, you ever like <laughs> came from the club and was changing your like into your PTs, so you pull up to the barracks and just hop out of your car and go straight to formation. Like I've done that many, many, many times. But when you're young like that, you got energy, energy to do that type of shit. So um, Sunday was my only night I didn't really fuck around. That was my recovery day. All the bullshit that I had been dealing with, driving two hours to go to clubs and all this bullshit. Sunday was my day to relax and just chill, get my uniforms ready for work the following week and all of that shit. So that was me, you know, me and my partner, Williams, we was roommates. And if he was out, I was with him and vice versa. You know, we um, <laughs> we wasn't no joke in them strasses back in the day. So, um, this particular weekend, man, we go to the flood zone. Now, the, when I was in Hanau, the, the two clubs that was the shit was the flood zone was the shit and the Black Sounds Club was the shit. Those were the two clubs we went to. The flood zone was that club where people be like, man, I ain't fucking with the flood zone. I ain't fucking with the flood zone. But then when all the other bars and all the other clubs were closed, everybody would head to the flood zone. So, let's say you struck out. You ain't get no phone numbers. You ain't come up in no other clubs. You go to the flood zone and try to catch up with something try to get you a phone number before the sun come up. You know what I'm saying? But the flood zone was the same. Everybody, man, I ain't fucking with the flood zone. And then you go to the flood zone and everybody's at the flood zone. It was just that, that was the type of club it was. So one night, you know, me and Williams go up in the club and I caught up with this chick. Uh, she's Romanian. Beautiful, beautiful chick. And uh, she came back to the barracks, man, hung out, spent the night at the barracks. And, um, you know, we had a great night, had a good time and everything. The next morning... Um, I'm about to take her home, and um, I'm I'm walking her down stairs, and we go into the parking lot, and Sergeant McKenzie pulls up. Now, Sergeant McKenzie was my NCO, 
Sergeant McKenzie was an E7. He was probably about, you know, in his early 40s, and he was country as hell. He was, like, from Mississippi or Alabama or Louisiana, one of them down south, real country, country-ass states. And um, he, like, he was, he, I'm 43 now, and I don't feel like an old man. But when I was 20, Sergeant McKenzie was an old man to me, okay? He was in his early 40s. And he just was in a, on a different page when I was in my 20s. So Sarah McKenzie pulls up, man. He sees this girl. And he's like, yo, who, who girlfriend is that? And I'm like, that ain't my girlfriend. That's just somebody I met. You know, she came over, hung out last night. He's like, uh, where you meet her at? And I I met her at the flood zone. Why? You met her at the flood zone? I was like, yeah. He's like, when the next time you going to the flood zone? Because shit, I want to go. And I'm like, sorry, Mac, you bullshit. And he's like, no, I'm serious. Next time you go to the flood zone, if they look like that, shit, I need to be up in there with y'all. And I thought it was a bad idea from the gate just simply because of the age, the age difference. Not to mention this shit is illegal because he's an E7 and I'm an E3. And this is fraternization. We ain't supposed to be hanging out at the clubs and shit, drinking together. You ain't supposed to do that shit. It's illegal in the military, right? You can get in trouble for that shit. But... I'm not in the army no more, and I'm pretty sure Sergeant Mac is not in the army anymore either. So fuck it, I'm gonna tell this story. So we set it up, man. All right, Sergeant Mac, you wanna roll? I'm gonna come scoop you, man. So one of the big differences between clubs in the states and clubs in Europe, most clubs that are stateside, they close at like two o'clock in the morning. Last call for alcohol is like 1:30, 1:45, and then they start shutting shit down at like two. They send everybody home. In Europe. The clubs don't close at like 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning, depending on what club you at. Many times I've left a club and the sun was coming up. You know what I'm saying? So we used to pregame hard. We started drinking like 10, 11, 12, and then we head to the club. We already drunk by the time we get there, so you ain't got to spend all your money at the bar. You already fucked up when you walk in the, in the, in the club already. So we set it up with Sarmac. Mac. All right, Sarmac, Mac, this is what we're going to do, man. I'm going to come scoop you up at like 1 o'clock. And then we'll head over to the flood zone. He like, cool. So me and Will, you know, Saturday roll around. And all week at work, you know, Sarmac is talking shit. He's talking all this shit. Yeah, let me tell y'all something. I'm going to show you how I used to do it back in the day. Giving us all this pimp talk about how slick he was with the females back in the day. And he used to run it like this. He used to run it like that. He going to show us how to run that shit. And he talking all this bullshit. I'm like, all right, sorry, Max. So now I'm interested. I want to see how this shit unfolds. I want to see how this shit goes when we get his ass to the flood zone and unleash him <laughs> and unleash Sarmac on these unsuspecting motherfuckers in the club. So um, Saturday comes, the day comes, and um, I hit him up. Hey, Sarmac, I'm on the way. So it's like 12, 31 o'clock. We've, we've been pre-gaming since like 9 o'clock, 9.30. I'm fucked up. I drive over to Sergeant Mac's house. I'm not advocating drinking and driving. I'm just telling you the story how I went down. And um, I get to Sergeant Mac's house. Me and Will pull up. And I blow the horn. Sergeant Mac comes outside. Now, I told y'all this motherfucker was like, he was older than us and he was country as fuck, right? This motherfucker comes outside. Cowboy boots. Tight, tight, tight. Black faded jeans. And a motherfucker cardigan sweater tucked in the jeans with a belt on, with a big ass belt buckle on the belt, like on his on his pants. And I'm looking at this motherfucker walking towards the car. I'm like, what the fuck? 
the fuck is this motherfucker wearing? I said, sorry, Mac, you can't wear that shit. You can't, you can't go to the club with a goddamn sweater on, man. What the fuck? But it's gonna be too hot in there. Yeah, it's gonna be too hot. Go in there and change your outfit, man. When I said go change your outfit, I meant go change your whole outfit. This motherfucker took the sweater off and just changed his top. So he goes in the house, he, ch- he changes his sweater, he comes back outside. Now he's wearing cowboy boots, tight, 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 tight black faded jeans, Dallas Cowboy jersey, tucked in the jeans with the big ass belt buckle. I'm like, fuck, we can't take this motherfucker. You know what? Fuck it. He's an old school player. That's how he wants to run his shit. We're going to let him run his shit. So we throw him in the back seat. It's like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning before we get on the road and shit. From Sarmac's house to the flood zone, it's probably about a 20, 25 minute drive. We throw Sarmac in the back seat. We drive over to the club, man. We get to the club. This motherfucker done went to sleep. <laughs> he in the back, knocked the fuck out. So we pull up. I'm like, Sarmac, come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, I'll be over there in a minute. Just let me just, you know. Sarmac, we here, man, let's go. He talking that, give me five minutes bullshit. Just give me five minutes. I'll be ready to go in just a minute. All right, fuck it, man. We going in. I'll catch up with you later on. So, long story short, man, he never got out the car. You know, he fell asleep in the backseat, talked all that shit, and ain't even, couldn't even stay awake long enough to go to the club. So, um, but best believe we gave him a lot of shit. A lot of shit for that shit. But that was a true story, man. That, um, Sarmac was an awesome NCO. I got nothing but love for Sarmac. And I was thinking about him. Uh, a few days ago and wanted to share that story. So I hope that you enjoyed it. And let's come back with another story. If you listened to my podcast last week, I was sipping on Flaviar and I was sipping on the Genesequa package. It was it was three um you know different types of gin. Well tonight I'm doing that shit again, but I'm fucking with Mescal tonight. Tequila Mescal. So let's take a break. We're gonna come back and start another segment, tell another story. But first Gonna crack open one of these motherfucking mescals. All right, uh, let's take a break and I'll see you guys in just a minute. What's up, whole world? Welcome back to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 63. And as promised, um, we're gonna crack open this flavor right now. So I'm fucking with mescal tonight. Crack this bitch open and let's see how we like it, man. This is a mezcal. Oh shit, 48.5%. I'm cracking this bitch open, pouring it in the glass. That's about a triple shot. That's about a triple shot right now. So, what I'm drinking right now first is called a Ray Compero Espadine Mezcal. And it it has flavors of orange peel, fruit, marshmallows, agave, tobacco, smoky, and apple. So, let's get this shit a taste. Let's see how we like it first. <clears throat> oh, ooh, shit. Ooh. I got a real strong aroma to this motherfucker. All the nose hair is burnt the fuck up in my nose right now. But let's taste it. Maybe it's good. Let's see. <sighs> oh, shit. Oh, that's good shit. Ooh, it's, it's smoky. Definitely can taste the smoke. Can taste the wood on it. But, um, it's all right. It's not my favorite in the whole wide world. I give this motherfucker a C plus. 
I'll give it a C plus. Not great, not horrible. Um, if you like, I don't even know what to say about this shit. It's all right. It's not bad. Not my favorite shit. I'm going to finish this motherfucker because I bought it and I got to get to B and C before we finish our podcast tonight. So let's get into the next story, man. This story takes place rather recently, man. My son just graduated from pre-K and I'm so proud. And I always felt like, you know, before I had children, they had his graduation. Like, he just graduated from the third grade. He just graduated from the sixth grade. He just graduated. I used to think that shit was stupid. It's kindergarten. What the fuck are we talking about here? But I think now that I have a son, now that I have children, just in general, it just hits me different. Like I'm, I love being there and being a part of that and watching the accomplishments. To, even though this is pre-K, um, just to just be there and watch my son be recognized, it's, a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling. There's so much negativity in the world, so for me to be around a bunch of parents with smiles on their faces and happy. To see their children doing something great, you know, it's a beautiful thing. But um, we had a situation, man. We had a situation. My wife told me that when my son was in school, somebody hit him. And she's like, I think we have a bully. I think we have an issue. I think Alex has a school bully. And I said, what happened? And she's like, you know, somebody hit him in class. And I was like, really? So... I made sure that, you know, she talked to the teacher and, you know, whatever. Well, it turns out that it was a, um, it was an isolated incident. It wasn't like it was happening all the time. But, um, yeah, I wanted to talk to Alex about it and get, you know, find out what he had to say about it. So we're getting ready for bed one night. And I said, hey, um, you know, I heard somebody was hitting you in class. What happened? He was like, uh, yeah, he hit me. He hit me in, in the classroom. I said, who hit you? He said, Mr. Paul hit me. And I was like, wait a minute, who hit you? Mr. Paul. When he said it, I was about to snap. Who the fuck is Mr. Paul, right? And so I'm ready to go to the school and start stone cold stunning every motherfucker in the hallway I see. But my wife was like, no, 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 no. The kids call each other Mr. or Mrs. You know, it's, it's another classmate. That same little boy calls your son Mr. Alexander. They, that's just how they talk to each other. I thought it was a grown man. I thought it was a grown man who put his hands on my son. So I'm on my way to the school to turn the goddamn school upside down. But my, when my wife broke it down, like, no, nah, I wasn't like that. It was just, you know, it was an isolated thing. They, was, they usually play and run around and chase each other. But then the little kid hit Alex. And, of course, me and Alex had that talk. And I was like, you know, if, if anybody hits you, tell the teacher. If the motherfucker hit you again, hit his ass back. I don't give a fuck what it is. Don't let nobody punk you. My son is pretty and he's sensitive and he has curly, long, beautiful hair. And um, I gotta teach him how to defend himself. He ain't about to be no mark. He ain't about to be no bitch. So um, I'm gonna teach that motherfucker to start popping motherfuckers in their nose. So bust a motherfucker in their nose one good time, they won't fuck with you. But anyway, yeah, it was another student. It was a little kid and um, I'm trying to calm down. So we go to the graduation last week and all the kids are there. I done totally forgot about everything. I done forgot about the whole situation. And I'm sitting next to my wife and the teachers are calling the different students up to get their diplomas. And my wife is like, you see that little boy right there with the with the little white shirt on? And I was like, yeah. And uh, she's like, that's the little boy that hit Alex. I was like, who? She's like, him right there, the little boy. 
And when I tell you, man, I wanted to drop kick the shit out of that little boy. He's only five. I know. But I got pissed. I got, I'm staring at his little ass. That little motherfucker, he hit my son. And then I saw the little dude's parents. And I wanted to fuck the parents up, too. I wanted to go over there and just knock both their asses out, too. But, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm just like that that father lion. I'm just overprotective, man. I'm protective of my family. If being protective of my family is wrong, goddammit, I don't ever want to be right. But, um, so yeah, man, Alex graduated from, PK, from pre-K. And, um, I'm very proud of him. And, um, school's out. You know, we were nervous because of the whole corona thing, but they were doing the classes outside and everything. And, um, he actually likes going to school. After graduation, you know, they're on break right now. And he's actually sad because he can't go to school to be with his friends. But it starts back up, I think, next month. And he's already ready to go. So I like that. I'm happy. His attitude about school is positive right now. But anyway, man, that's my story. I was about to fuck up a little five-year-old. But I'm glad I didn't. I had a security clearance to worry about. But, um, yeah, that's my story. Hope that you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. I'm going to come back with another story right after these messages. What's up, whole world? Welcome back to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 63. Let's get into it. All right, so I finished A. Now we're going to move over to B for our Flaviar tester. This is called Elipus, San Juan del Rio Mezcal, 47.5%. Joven Mezcal. This motherfucker has the hint of fruit. Smoky, earthy, agave, sweet oak, uh, grassy. All right, so let's crack this motherfucker open and see how it tastes. I usually put the cup next to the microphone, but I forgot. I'm a little tipsy. All right, we're going to go for the aroma. Oh, sure. Mm. Not happy with the aroma. The aroma scares me. The aroma makes me nervous. I'm a little nervous about this one. But here we go. Alipus. Joven Mezcal. Let's see how this shit tastes. Let's go. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's way better than the last one. That one's good. The other one tasted kind of like wood. This one actually tastes like tequila. So, um, so far, B is winning tonight. B is winning. Olympus, San Juan de Rio Mezcal. This motherfucker is winning right now. This shit's good. So, let's move into our next story. As you know, if you listen to my last podcast, I recently started partaking in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Nogi, of course. And um, I really, really like it. I, you know, a guy that I work with kind of was, you know, hey, you need to check this class out. And he kind of was, and I was like, all right, kicking I'll do this shit. And I ended up really liking it. I bought a couple of shirts and I bought some shorts and I bought some mouthpieces. I'm all in, man. So I went uh, this week, Tuesday and Thursday. I got, I'm getting my ass handed to me right now. And um, I was rolling with a guy. This guy was a brown belt. I didn't know he was a brown belt at the time. I just thought he was another motherfucker in the class. 
And so, um, you know, we get there and uh, we're warming up. And the first clue that I knew that this guy was a badass, where I should have known he was a badass, during the warm-up, the instructor has the class and he gives us different exercises to do. Well, this guy is kind of off to the side, kind of doing his own thing. He's kind of doing his own stretches, doing his own warm-up. That noise in the background is my dog. They're eating and drinking water. Water doing it now, I don't know, but such is life. But yeah, man, so the guy's in the back, like, doing his own warm-ups and shit. But, um, he's really, really good. And so, um, the guy that I, I rode with last time, his wife was there this time. So I didn't, I saw the, I saw the woman, but I didn't know that was his wife. So when I saw the guy, I just stood next to him. So when the teacher says, all right, everybody pair up, I'll be right there to pair up with the guy, the same guy I rode with last week. But... When the, when the instructor said, all right, everybody pair up, he paired up with his wife. He's like, hey, this is my wife. I want you to meet her. I'm like, hey, it's nice to meet you. So I, you know, I, I introduced myself to her, and that was cool. But what was fucked up was I didn't have a partner. I don't know anybody yet because I'm still the new guy, right? And so this guy, he kind of looks like a short version of Roman Reigns a little bit. Real calm demeanor, which is kind of scary. Like the drill sergeant that doesn't yell. He's got a demeanor like that. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, all right, come on, let's do it. So we watch the move um, that the instructor wants us to practice. And we watch him go over it a couple of times. And then he's like, all right, let's do it. And so the guy I'm rolling with kind of breaks it down one more time. And before we get started, he goes, all right, look, if you need to tap, just, you know, use your hand. Or you can just say tap, 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 tap. Or if you can't talk, just use your feet. Tap with your feet. And I'm thinking to myself like this, why would I need to, I don't need to do all that shit. I could just, you know, I'm, I'm good. It ain't, we ain't going that hard and shit. Yo, once again, I was so wrong. This motherfucker, I didn't know that a human being could tap out this many times in 60 minutes. This motherfucker tapped me out so bad. This motherfucker had me like, my arm was fucked up and my mouth was fucked up so I couldn't say tap, tap, tap. And I couldn't tap with my arms. I tapped with my feet to tap out. Man, this dude was balling my ass up. And every now and then, every now and then I might catch him, I might flip him over and I feel like, yo, I almost had you that time. I almost had you. He'd look at me and go, no. Fucked up all my little confidence. Just, there it is. There's my confidence. Shot the confidence out the goddamn sky but um i really like going over to this uh to this class so shout out to zia martial arts shout out to these guys that are letting me um get in there and do my thing and i'm going slow they letting me take my time i didn't want to go in there and you know just start going full speed i'm a 215 pound man you know what i'm saying if you go in there and you start acting crazy you talk about people's you know Achilles tendons and their knees and ACLs and MCLs and shoulders and ribs and necks and you land on somebody the wrong way That's a whole different situation. So I'm moving in slow motion. It's an old saying you got to crawl before you walk You know what I'm saying? So I'm crawling right now But these guys are letting me and there's some guys in there that are really 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 good So shout out to these guys, but they're being really patient with me and I appreciate it. I get in there 
and I go over the moves in slow motion. I'm counting the moves out. All right, one, two, three, four. And then when I feel comfortable, I speed it up a little bit. So I appreciate these guys letting me do my thing. Shout out to Zia Martial Arts. And I'm looking forward. I'll be back, uh, what, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week? So, um, yeah, I'm so beat up, man. Sore. I'm so sore. I came home from uh, class on Thursday, and I just doused my whole body with BioFreeze. You know what BioFreeze is? It's like Flexol 454. It's like Bengay in a, in a spray. And, like, all of this is like hips and thighs and all this shit. And I am fucked up right now. So I'm dousing my body and stretching and hoping I'll be ready by the time next Tuesday rolls around. But I found something that I really like and I'm happy that uh, I've been introduced to it. Thanks, Keegan. And um, as I continue to move forward, I'll continue to bring you guys updates. So uh, let's knock out Flaviar number C. Number C, I'm getting fucked up. I can see it already. And then um, let's, let's let's do one more segment and then wrap this shit up. All right, uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. What's up, whole world? Welcome back to Storytime with Cedric, episode number sixty-three. We have moved into our final segment. We've also moved into our final Flaviard tester of the night. So, let's pour this bitch open. We're gonna pour number C. That's when you know you're getting fucked up because you start naming numbers letters. Number C is not a real thing. Number three, yes. Or option C, yes. We're gonna move into our third and final Flaviard. This is me pouring it into the glass so about a good size triple shot over there and so option c is called mezcal vago espadin di emignio mezcal 50 percent 50.1 percent holy shit i'm about to get fucked up i'm probably gonna sleep really really good tonight so we have hints of pepper honey agave banana minerals spicy floral coriander and earthy so this is what we're gonna drink right now and um let's take let's take a whiff see how it smells oh shit mm, that's real good shit right there i can tell by the way that shit smells all right let's go 50 percent i'm gonna sleep great but i'm gonna hate myself in the morning Let's do it. Right, let's taste it. You ready? Let's taste it. Uh. Ooh, that's really good. A little hint of honey. I can taste the honey in it. That's really good. I think A was the worst one of the night. B was a really good, a really strong mezcal. But C, this is the winner tonight. This shit is called... Mezcal Vago, V-A-G-O. Wanna get some good mezcal? Get you some of this shit right here. And it's 50%, so that's probably gonna fuck me up. I hope I can get through this story without mumbling and slurring like a goddamn crazy person. So let's get to this story. So this story takes place, wow, many, many years ago. I think I was in junior high when this happened. Um, we had an apartment where we lived at and the kitchen was linoleum and 
the living room was next to the kitchen, but the living room had a carpet and there was like a little separator between the kitchen and the living room it was a little metal strip. And just over time, that metal strip started to kind of rise up and kind of fold it backwards like the letter C almost. So we had to be careful walking in there when we was barefoot to make sure we didn't cut our feet. One particular day, I wasn't paying attention, walked across the motherfucker and I sliced my foot, sliced the top of my foot real bad. And I remember my mother seeing my foot, it was fucked up, and um, took me to the hospital. And I had to get like, you know, a few stitches over the top of my feet. They told me, all right, Mr. Reed, um, Mrs. Reed, Mr. Reed, uh, you need to come back on this date, whatever the date was, it was like a week or two from whatever they gave me the stitches, to have the stitches removed from my feet. And I remember the date, and I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, I'm going back to school or whatever, and then a few days pass, and now it's time to go back to the hospital and take the stitches out. So I go home from school, I'm like, mom, come on, let's go. She's like, boy, you'll be all right. I'm like, man, I gotta take the stitches out. Today is the day to take the stitches out. But for, for whatever reason, man, she didn't want to go to the hospital. I was like, fuck it, I'll go by myself. So I go to the hospital to get the stitches taken out. But they tell me because I'm not 18, I can't get them taken out without a guardian or you know my mother or somebody there with me. So they wouldn't do it. And I go home and I'm freaking out. I'm like, mom, today is the day. And I need to get my stitches taken out today because they said they needed to happen today and I'm freaking out. And my mother is cool, she's calm, she's collected. She's sitting in the living room on a Lazy Boy, she's smoking a cigarette. She's smoking a Benson and Hedges cigarette and she's drinking some beer. I think it was Schlitz malt liquor, the Blue Bull, right? And she says, boy, go in the kitchen and get me a butter knife, uh, some scissors, and some toilet tissue. I was like, for what? She's like, I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take them goddamn stitches out your foot. I said, Are you serious? So she was dead serious, man. Uh and you know, like the good 13, 14 year old boy that I was, I went and got her what she asked for. Here go your scissors, here go your butter knife. And um I'm she's sitting on the chair, I'm sitting on the floor with my foot in her lap. And I shit you not, man. She has a cigarette in her mouth, like the cigarette dangling out her mouth, um, doing surgery on my foot, man. And she, <laughs> and she got, the, she got the stitches out, man. And I was, I was worried that she's gonna fuck up and cut my foot and do some worse damage. But she didn't, man. She did a good job. So, shout out. I should have told that story on Mother's Day. Um, one more quick story before we get out of here. Um, I'm actually going to Ohio in a couple of weeks to go visit my grandmother. I didn't get a chance to go see her last year because COVID has shut all the airports and shit down. Mm. That's pretty good. And I remember one time um, in Dayton, Ohio, there used to be a, a barber college down, downtown. You get haircuts for $3. But the it was the barber college, right? So... You never knew what you was gonna get when you get to the barber college, cause they were students. And I remember one time I went down there, it was this lady, and I should have known because she was cross-eyed. I know, she had a lazy eye. She wasn't cross-eyed, she had a lazy eye. And I remember going down there, 
And she says, all right, you know, how you want me to do your hair? And I told her, I said, I want you to cut this off and cut this off and give me a fade. And she said, well, why don't you leave a little bit on the top and let me fade it? And I said, I, I don't want to leave a little bit on the top. I want to cut that part down and I want you to give me a fade and line me up. No, 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 I think you'll be really, really cute, really handsome if you leave a little bit on the top. And I said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to leave a little bit on the top. I want you to cut the top down. And I said, you not, man, she cut my shit. And she didn't give me what I asked for. She left a little bit on the top and gave me a fade. And uh, it's not much you can do because the haircut is only three goddamn dollars. But that's what happens when you go down there. It's like a roll of the dice, man. You might get a good haircut. You might get fucked up. The fade was tighter than a motherfucker. Just, it was too bad. It just wasn't what I asked for. But speaking of my grandmother, man, she, um, I remember she took me out of the barber college, me and my brother. It's a Saturday. Saturday is the worst day to go to the barbershop because everybody goes. It's packed. It's packed, packed, packed. And we go to the barbershop, and my grandmother takes me down to the barbershop, and she, she would drop us off at the barbershop, give us just enough money to get a haircut and to catch the bus back home. The bus was 30 cent back in the day. It's Dayton, Ohio. RTA days, right? And so, my grandmother drops me and my brother off, me and John, we get out, we go in the barbershop, and oh shit, the prices have changed. The barbershop haircuts are no longer $3, they're $5. So we run back out to the car like, Grandma, Grandma, gra Grandmama. We couldn't call her Grandma, we called her Grandmama. Grandmama, Grandmama, we need more money. She's like, why? We're like, the, barber, the, the haircuts, they're not $3 anymore. The barbershop raised the prices are $5. My grandmother parked her Dodge, had a little Dodge Aries, and um, hopped out, man. And it's Saturday morning. The whole barbershop is packed. Half of these motherfuckers I know from school. They go to my school, right? Everybody's here to get a haircut. She goes in, she wants to talk to the manager. She cusses the manager out. $5 is too much money for young black boys to get their hair cut. This is bullshit and I ain't paying it. And um, she gets into it with the owner of the barber college, of the barber shop. And they go back and forth and she's talking about how broke she is and how much money she doesn't have. And all my, you know, my, my classmates are hearing this shit so I'm not gonna deal with this shit when I go back to work. When I go back to school that Monday, but um, yeah, man, he um, I don't know what she said to him, but she he she convinced this guy to give us haircuts for three dollars, but we were never able to go back and get another haircut. Three dollars, even five dollars, it's not bad for a haircut. It was it was parts of the city where it was like twenty dollars to get a haircut, twenty, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars to get a haircut. So five, we were getting off pretty goddamn easy. But anyway, um, that's my story for tonight. I'm heading to Ohio in a couple of weeks to go see my grandmother. I'm very excited. I haven't seen her in over two years. I call her and we talk. And um, even around Christmas, we Zoomed. You know, somebody was at my at my grandmother's house. And they had their phone or their, their laptop or whatever. And they was able to Zoom. And I was able to see my grandmother and my aunt Sharon and my, my sisters and everything. And I was very happy. I was very, you know, very excited about that. So I'm I'm looking forward to going to Dayton, Ohio and seeing my grandmother and spending some time with her. And just, you know what my favorite shit is? My grandmother is like 95 years old. 
but she didn't really start talking to me like an adult until I had children. Like my, my son's five years old. So I would call and always call and check in on her, see how she was doing, but the conversations was always really generic. But once I got married and once I had children, we really start having deep, deep conversations. So I'm looking forward to like sitting down with my grandmother and just having a conversation with her. I'm really looking forward to it. So that being said, I'm gonna wrap this podcast up. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast one more time. Um, the more you listen, the more podcasts I'm going to put out. I got a lot of stories on deck. I was going to do a couple more tonight, but I think we went far enough, and I'll put them on the next one. But thank you guys for listening. God bless. And um, I'll see you guys on the next go-round. So have a good night. God bless and good night. This shit rhymes. Hell.